1: I have seen the future of horror. His name is Clive Barker. Uh Hellraiser. Beyond any terror you have imagined... (gasps)
0: Hey there, and welcome to Rewatchability. It's a podcast where we rewatch old movies and TV shows to see how they hold up over time. My name is Blaine Waters. With me, as always, is...
1: Uh, uh, it's Robert Laronde. I don't
0: know if, like, this movie is about torture. It's about ripping people limb from limb. You sound like you have a small hemorrhoid. <laughs> That's what you sound like. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Blade. (laughs) (laughs) It's
1: impressive. I didn't even need to pull down my pants for that diagnosis. Well,. Yes, I begged you not to. So uh,
0: I'll be providing free medical advice over the over the the air, the waves.
1: Yeah, let's do it. Uh let's
0: let's do this. We are going to be talking about
1: Hellraiser. Oh my
0: god. In one minute, but we want to thank the network that we're on, Entertainment One Podcasts. And we want to thank you, the listener, and those of you. In the listeners that give us one, three, five dollars over at patreon.com slash rewatchability to keep the podcast going and get, uh, you know, you get uh, early episodes mm-hmm. ad free. Ad free. Some yeah. classic episodes ad free, which is pretty great. And uh, every once in a while, we're going to throw uh, uh, just a special thing your way on yeah. that as well. So uh, if you want to donate or help us in any way, then you can go there or you can just tell a friend about the podcast. Mm-hmm. We'd love that too. Spread the word. Yes. And now we're going to spread Hellraiser all oh. over your ears. Oh my god.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Why?
0: I because this movie was so huge for me when I was a kid. My foster sister rented this one and she was supposed to be babysitting me, but of course she just let me stay up with her and oh my I god. watched this movie when I was a kid, and I don't remember much of it because I was very, very small. Okay. I think, like, right after it left theaters and it came to the to video. So and this I think, came
1: out in 1987. So you're saying you were four years old I think I was when like, you watched Hellraiser. I was,
0: like, five or six, yeah. And I, I think, like, I forgot it. In some traumatic way. Right. You buried it. <laughs> yeah. It was it was horrifying to see. And, uh, Until
1: you looked at your mom's like sewing kit and you were like, ah! <laughs> right. Yeah. Damn, that pin cushion. <laughs> it triggers me so bad.
0: Right. Just like pulling the, the, the pin cushion off the dresser, <laughs> all the pins into my ah! face. No. Acupuncture. And so I, I buried it. So when I saw it again a few years ago, there was a lot of things that like flashed back. And it is a movie that I think a lot of people would say it's, it's called one of the scariest movies of all time. Right. Uh, a lot of people would say that it's a scary movie. I don't find it scary on the surface, but there's this deep dread within me from being a kid and seeing this movie that it, it makes me feel like when I was watching it, I got a little lightheaded. <laughs> I like rewatching it. I did. I I I I was like, did I eat something bad? Am I feel like it just made me feel wow. horrible. Anyway, did
1: you ever see this movie, Rod? Uh no. <laughs> no, I did not. No? I lived a good life. <laughs> I was a happy man. As happy as one could be. And then you said that we had to watch this movie. (laughs) I'm sorry. I was, of course, familiar with the character of Pinhead from the Hellraiser movies. You know, such a memorable Mm -hmm. character. The look, the bald guy and his face is very white and pale and the pins. So I, I knew that character. And as I sort of grew up, I was always intrigued by that character, mm-hmm. but as I grew up, I did sort of look into the mythology of Hellraiser to sort of see what it was about, and it was. I decided <laughs> like, it wasn't for me. You were like, skip it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to know
0: about the Senyubits. I think that's in my computer somewhere. I yeah. don't know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I I just missed it. You know, I didn't. Uh, I didn't have any need to watch it. I understood that. A lot of people do like this movie. People who consider themselves serious horror buffs mm-hmm. love the Hellraiser. And, you know, I'm just not that serious. I'm I'm a casual horror fan. I okay. I don't need to peek into the darkness and depths of depravity right. in order to uh I don't know, enjoy my life. So you just wanna
0: see horror every once in a while. You don't want it to get serious or anything. You don't want to introduce
1: it to your parents? No. Okay. (laughs) Sounds good. It's a little bit awkward.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Introducing the people with like pins through their nipples and their face peeled back to your parents would be a little much.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean a lot of people had that experience in the alternative 90s or 2000s. <laughs> Is that I, your boyfriend or a shower rod? <laughs> I just don't know
0: whether like the engineer. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I think I like James better. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, so I didn't. I didn't really see it. I was. Uh, it was. Uh, I'm glad that I watched it. I think I am glad that I finally saw Hellraiser. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's.
0: For people like you, Rob, who haven't been scarred by this movie since they were five years old. Let's run down the plot for them.
1: Why are you making me relive this?
0: (laughs) Because this is your own hell, Rob. No!
1: (laughs) (laughs) Why did I play with that Rubik's Cube?
0: (laughs) (laughs) See, that's the thing. Like, if it was a Rubik's Cube, that'd be amazing because no one –
1: the Sennibites would never come up. They'd (laughs) they'd be like, I don't even know how to solve this. Fuck it. But, you know, you're always within – I think it's 25 turns of solving a Rubik's Cube. That's the torture. torture. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Sweet. (laughs) So this movie, it starts with a box. (laughs) But this isn't just any box. This is a puzzle box. Yeah, and they're in... This is in, like, Morocco? It's something like that. There's a dude, he's buying it from a mysterious Asian man. Yeah. As you do. Like, didn't he see Gremlins? This doesn't (laughs) work out. No, no, no. (laughs) Can you imagine that, like, Billy's dad brought home the, uh, what's it called, the lament configuration? I love how hard they try to make
0: everything gruesome in this movie, the lament configuration. Just call it a yeah. sorrow box. <laughs> just bad box. <laughs> bad box. This is a bad box. Do you want it? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, this guy does take it. His fingernails are the dirtiest things you've ever seen. Yeah. It's like he's been gardening. It's not even like grime.
1: It's just dirt. <laughs> Honey, somebody wants to buy your lament configuration. (laughs) All right, just let me put away this hoe. (laughs) What'd you call me? Sorry, honey.
0: Sorry. (laughs) So he's there and he takes the box and this wise and old stereotype is like, ha, 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 you took the box. And he leaves with it and goes back. Travels all the way back to his home and... He makes a night of it. He lights some candles. You know, put on some soft
1: music. Puts the bubbles in the bath. (laughs) I think it's a little bit of him time, you know? I think that's what's going to happen. Well, it for sure is him time. (laughs) You know, he's about to give himself the ultimate in pleasure. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And that's our sponsor. Fleshlight is a... uh,
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, (laughs) it's... It's but is it like I don't even know what he's doing at this point. Like well, it does explain
1: movie. that he's looking for the ultimate in pleasure, right? Okay. Or I think it comes out maybe a little bit the way that it tells a story is strange because it's it starts with this and then yeah, he, he's he's in the candles and he opens up the uh puzzle box and yeah. BAM fish hooks. <laughs> <laughs> Just fish hooks fly from everywhere. Yeah, where were, were they into in the room? pieces? Oh man. <laughs> And then, like, a whole bunch of, like, torturous thing happens. There's, like, this, like, beam <laughs> wrapped in, like, oh, it's just, like beams, rusty bits nailed to it. And it just, like, turns around awkwardly. I'm yeah. Like, ah, it's, like,
0: the worst Plinko board ever. It's like, no one will win on this thing. And, he, like, all his body parts are, are kind of nailed to it. And he's been, like, kind of ripped apart by the, by the chains.
1: Yeah, and then it shows these creatures, the yeah. Cenobites. And they yeah. sort of, like, lay out these bits of flesh on the table and it's his fucking face.
0: Yeah, that's I don't know why they're like doing archaeological reconstruction. They just they know who he is. <laughs> they just killed him. It's just fun. Yeah. Uh, so, then it just like everything goes away. The the pinhead guy picks up the box, puts it back together. He kind of fondles it a bit. He mm-hmm. does that, like, little thing yeah, on he, the like, top. Yeah, he, like, rubs it around the... Yeah, the area. Yeah, little man in the boat. <laughs> and, uh, and he does, he pleasures it until it uh, deflates. And then uh, the room returns to normal.
1: Yeah, and that's the intro. <laughs> yeah, they, they start hard in this movie. They start hard. Cut to, there's a lovely couple... Who are looking at this house. It's Larry and Julia. And this guy from the beginning of the movie, his name's Frank. Mm-hmm. Larry is his brother. And this is their mom's old house, apparently. They look so much alike, too. That's the thing. Yes, <laughs> yeah, spitting <the>, image. It's <laughs> the, so weird. Yeah. And they're looking at this place while sort of talking about disparaging the brother. And, you mm-hmm. know, he was a lowlife, life of crime. You know, who knows where he went. Mm-hmm. But they're gonna move on in, and so they do.
0: And it's, it's kind even- of the, that's the like classic haunted house thing, right? You move into a new house. Oh yeah, their, no, like, you never bride. live somewhere
1: for twenty years and then shit starts happening. <laughs> 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 what well, is this? The pipes? What's acting up? <laughs> it's like the ghosts we're sleeping in. He's a procrastinating
0: ghost, <laughs> <laughs> Casper the procrastinating ghost.
1: <laughs> I'll get to haunting. That's why they're up all night, yeah. you know. But. They decide to move into this house, and it seems like a nice situation. Uh, they, he even asked his uh, daughter, Kirstie, yeah, if she would like to move in. But she's got her own place, and it seems like she has her... Does she have her own place? Because I felt the
0: camera was doing such work to just stick on her face and this white wall behind her. and <laughs> not show anything in the room. And I was like, is she in the house? How is this going to be like a twist and reveal? No, nothing. They just didn't have a set, I think. They no. just put her against a trailer and shot her. She's like, yeah, I'm good in my apartment. She's she's even worded out by her own apartment. Mm-hmm. So no wonder she kind of wants to like come over a lot.
1: Yeah. But while Julia, the woman, is sort of exploring this house, mm-hmm. she finds some dirty photographs.
0: <laughs> I love the brother is like obsessed with sex in uh probably about as much as Clive Barker who wrote and directed this uh I feel like he's a surrogate for Barker cuz there's like a little statue of like a man like like having sex with a woman uh-huh. which I, it's just in the bed like it's his doll or something yeah you're like yeah you don't have a ceramic you don't, you uh, don't have
1: fertility idols
0: in your bed <laughs> it's like how, how do you make love this is very strange
1: No, seriously, how do you make love? Without it. (laughs) (laughs) It's so far away from it that I've never owned one. Okay, okay. Okay. She finds these dirty photographs of Frank, and she starts having these vivid fantasies.
0: Or are they fantasies?
1: This is what I couldn't figure out. Like, is she remembering this? They
0: are memories, yeah. okay. So there was a time when Frank came to the house totally wet already. You know he's a sexual being, and uh, in the rain, and he presents himself to her, and then they make love, and it's not really love making though because he's just disparaging her the entire right. time. It's a very <laughs> weird thing, and then he's like, "I'll tell, I'll tell uh, my uh, my brother." She's like, "No, don't. I'll do anything," and he's like, "Anything," and so. Uh, behind the scenes, that anything was just supposed to be anal sex. So that was what the anal. The, that was the anything. <laughs> was just the anal anything. Sex. Yeah, yeah. What about up in the, the... butt? <laughs> <laughs> what if we do what we just did, but
1: in the butt? <laughs> <She's> like, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, That's the thing that meatloaf wouldn't do anything for. Yeah. Or whatever. Right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know,
0: just have a bath. You know, light some candles. Anyway, I'm not going to tell you how to do it, guys. <laughs> look it up online. But then the censors were like, you can't even mention anal sex. So that's why he changed it to the switchblade. And I don't know what the switchblade was during their, like, lovemaking, but he pulls out a switchblade and is like, oh, anything. Cut,
1: doesn't he cut her bra strap or something?
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's just like, it's very weird. All, their interaction is very weird because- right. He's, like, half-choking her all the time. Like, even when he's talking to her, she's trying to respond. I don't know. It's very Right.
1: And then later on when they're having some sort of housewarming party, there's all these guests there and Kirstie's there. She sort of excuses herself to go exploring. Mm -hmm. And, oh, I forgot to mention while she was either remembering or fantasizing, whatever it was, this sexy scene with her husband-lover's brother. Yeah, right, yeah. He... He's doing all the work of moving, carrying up a mattress up the stairs. (laughs) And God damn it, he has no help.
0: uh, Well, he has those two dudes that are just so – everyone is, like, the biggest horn dog in this movie. Yeah. Like, the the one mattress mover, like, the, the wife comes in. And he's like, Hubba Hubba a woman That's a little weird. And then the daughter comes in and he's very sexual towards her too. Yeah. She just brushes it off and I'm wondering if that was just the eighties or not. <laughs> Feel bad for all women.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well uh and, and, while they're moving the mattress up the stairs, he uh he like Cuts himself on a nail that's sticking out. Yeah, and he bleeds pretty bad. It's like a hemophiliac. Yeah, and It's all he, over the place. He bleeds on the floor, and something happens. <laughs> the Roomba comes out and cleans it up. No, uh... <laughs> it, it's, like, it's like it starts like spreading, and then it yeah. becomes like all gooey, and then these like it looks like it looks like poles are rising out of the ground, and then like they become arms and. Yeah. This, like, humanoid dissected creature is pulling itself out of the floorboards.
0: Yeah. Like, there's a brain that forms, and the brainstem attaches to the brain. It's all gross and fluidy and
1: viscous. (laughs) There's a lot of Vaseline. (laughs) (laughs)
0: There's a lot of Vaseline. And uh, that's kind of like the horror, and the skeleton screams, and we're out to that dinner party.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But Julia agrees to help this thing, help her former lover, Frank. Frank. And so, we don't know what this is going to entail, but she says that she will do anything. (laughs) (laughs) She just takes down her pants (laughs) turns around. (laughs) I actually have something different in mind this time, but thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I just want you to hold me, Julia. (laughs) I'm very vulnerable right now. I have... No skin.
0: <laughs> Even the slightest breeze really really sets me off, so
1: no. no Believe me, it's me. It's really me. His blood
0: on the floor. It brought me back.
1: Just help me, will you? Please, God, help me. (laughs) Yeah. But so she goes out to a bar and uh, some chap strikes Mm -hmm. up a conversation. And next thing you know, she's bringing him home to the house where she lives with her husband. (laughs) Yeah. It's a risky
0: move. Risky move. But if her husband hasn't noticed, like, another dude in the house for this long, then maybe another dude won't, like, he won't notice him. So
1: I wondered that myself because we just had neighbors move in below, and now I can hear, like, everything they do. (laughs) So if there was, like, a regenerating corpse in the attic, I feel like I would hear something. (laughs) Maybe that was,
0: like, the, uh, the mice that you thought you had. It was just a regenerating corpse. Oh. Oh my god! <laughs> That's why the traps did nothing, Rob. Oh my god!
1: <laughs> no, just it was my snap. Ow! <laughs> That's all you hear from the attic. It's just like Frank putting mouse traps on his nipples. <laughs> You're right? This is what I enjoy. This is what I'm into. Actually, to be honest. My house could use a bit of Frank because at one point he nails a bunch of rats to the wall. And I'm like, it's a bit grisly, but it gets the job done. It's better than a peanut butter trap, you know? (laughs) But, yeah, so she takes this guy home and, you know, under the pretext of, uh, you know, having sex with him. And he's he's not such a great dude because, A, he looks kind of like Phil Collins, but, B, (laughs) he, when she's... Hesitant to have yeah. sex with him, he is a real fucking asshole about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> well, all the men in this movie are assholes to women about sex. I know. It's
0: really bad. Like, Frank is obviously the worst. He's just like Frank this is weird horn dog that wants to abuse women. And then... Larry's bad. Larry's bad, too, because there's this scene where she sees Frank with no skin on about to murder Larry. Yeah. And she's like, no, no, don't, don't. And Larry just gets up and goes... I don't even get you anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Just maybe she's like that reaction was too big for her to just be saying. (laughs) Anyway, it was like and also you just say, cool. No, that's fine. You just say, cool. You know, Uh, he could learn something from, you know, anyway, this is the worst movie. (laughs) This is the worst movie for
1: sexual politics. Well, don't worry, because the Phil Collins guy, every guy in this movie really gets his comeuppance because – She, while he's taking his pants off, she beats him to death with a hammer. Yeah. It is hammer time. (laughs) You're very beautiful. Am I? You know you are. Loveliest woman I've ever seen. Oh, Christ.
0: What's wrong? much drink into the old bladder
1: Did you like this Yeah
0: she nails him in nope. uh, a different way Oh yes yeah. yes okay <clears throat> I see what you're saying And uh and then and then Frank like absorbs him starts with
1: like absorbing his blood and flesh and yeah. all that stuff And it starts like regenerating him fast like he needs it to sort of form yeah so
0: and he's like I can taste things again this is great (laughs) apparently he didn't want to taste things because the next thing he does is smoke yeah that's right it's like oh I can finally (laughs) taste food again yeah (laughs) now all I can taste is carcinogens what
1: am I doing I need to quit (laughs) get it together Frank do I have a death wish
0: or what (laughs) Um And he's also at this point told her about the cenobites he yeah. said i 've escaped from kind of this hell escape place, and the cenobites don 't know i 'm missing they 've been torturing me, but apparently they 're on like i don 't know hiatus or something so they don 't know he 's gone, and he is is like he needs to get his skin back to escape, and they 're going to run away together yeah, and yeah. they
1: 'll just they 'll just hide somewhere from these. Demons of the underworld. These interdimensional, all-knowing demons. They certainly couldn't go to Miami. (laughs) (laughs) Even they're scared of the sex scene in Miami. (laughs) That's probably true. They're like, bath salts. I don't want to fuck with that. I would would assume that Florida is 90% (laughs) Cetobites. (laughs) From what you hear on the news, it is definitely 90% sentiment. Like, what if I put my hand in an alligator? Mm. (laughs) I like it. (laughs) That
0: has sexually gratified me. (laughs) On to the next weird thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. But so uh, she has to go pick up a couple other guys to beat to death with a hammer. Yeah, and And she does. She does, and she's kind of getting into it, too. Mm -hmm. I should also mention at this point that this woman, Julia, has... A crazy pompadour. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no!
0: It's all the 80s stuff in this movie is so much. <laughs> and it just, it's so bad looking. Yeah. It's so bad looking. And I don't want to, I don't want to, she is not bad looking herself, but the, the way that she's styled, and then all these guys are like, hubba, hubba. <laughs> I was like, really? <laughs> for, for, for that style, I don't know, man. It's a, it's,
1: a it's, it's something. It's,
0: you know, it's a particular thing. And I think
1: yeah, if you like it, you love it. Some guys you know? are really into it. Yeah. Guys without skin, love it. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have no eyelids. <laughs> They're into it. But, they, she makes a critical mistake while she's bringing home dudes to uh for this guy to murder and for her to murder at one point Kirsty mm. sees her bringing home some dude and she's like that ain't right and so she goes and sees what's up and there she finds Frank and the body so she is understandably. A bit disturbed. (laughs) She, in this movie, has had
0: not a great arc, even though she's almost maybe the main character. It's weird. She's kind of like the final girl in this movie, I guess. Yeah, for sure. And so she works at a pet store. Uh Uh-huh. And there's been this homeless guy that really, with penetrating eyes, really looks at her really deep into her soul. Yeah. eats crickets at the pet store. Right. Which,
1: you got to pay for those, bud. But that guy is ahead of the curve, like yeah. now, like we have to start eating bugs. Well, I saw cricket protein
0: in the in the Loblaws. Did you? Yeah. There's a bag of cricket protein. Did you get it? It was PC, so no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I like the name brand. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, I
1: don't like eating that generic cricket shit. <laughs> I only eat jiminy crickets,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Rob. You need to patent that that's gonna be uh that's gonna be on the t s x someday <laughs> yeah, I think Disney might have a deal with that already, <laughs> so she also has been kind of falling for this younger man that is the kind of quintessential eighties. Uh, murder victim in horror movies. He has, like, the colorful sweater. You mean the boyfriend? The boyfriend, yeah. He,
1: like, does nothing. He's, like, barely in the movie. I know. He's, like... It was, like, at the last minute, the actress was like, oh, can my boyfriend come to the set? (laughs) 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 And then she's like, oh, can my boyfriend be in this scene? (laughs)
0: There's... There's a, a fantastic scene right at the, right at the end where Kirsty is kind of battling all these demons, and and he other demons, not inner demons. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he goes to like help her with the cube, like a dad, like loosening the pickle jar, uh-huh. and and she she, she actually hits back. him away. She goes, "No,
1: get away! <laughs> like, don't be yeah. an asshole." Which is a red flag,
0: like yeah. you know, man. There are a lot of red flags in this movie. <laughs> so Kirsty
1: sees this this body, and Frank, and Frank says. It's me, your Uncle Frank. Yeah. <laughs> creepy Uncle Frank. <laughs> that also
0: says, come to daddy, which is really creepy.
1: Yeah, well, I get, Like, that is that like, his catchphrase?
0: Because he says it to... He does. He said it to Julia, too. That's creepy. Yeah, I think he just calls... He wants everyone to call him
1: daddy. Honestly, whenever <laughs> anybody asks anybody to call them daddy, it's creepy. Yeah. No judgment, but a lot of judgment. Yeah, some judgment there. <laughs> he throws some
0: shade. <laughs> you know, don't pull it out on a first time. You know, no, that's, uh, you know. <laughs> see if your partner's into it. Yeah. You know. uh, but yeah, a lot of people aren't
1: into it. You can't just pull it out, Frank. Although I guess De- you can't. definitely don't do it on your niece for fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah, he because does come her daddy later, and he does say come to daddy again later. Oh, this when, movie. The main thing is that she, after she sees Frank and the dead body, she sort of pa- – she runs away and passes out mm. and then awa- wakes up in a hospital. The worst hospital ever. Second worst hospital ever. And then <laughs> – don't ask. <laughs> okay. And she has the lament configuration with oh, her. right, right. This whole thing, yeah. And this is where she's like, oh, you know, stuck in a hospital. Don't got anything to do. There's no TV. Gonna play with this puzzle box. Right. And it opens up this super long hallway which she decides to venture down. And until she's that doesn't seem like a nightmare <laughs> no. already. Yeah. Until she's chased by this like shrimp demon. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like a worm scorpion. Yeah. It's it does it's not that terrifying. No. Especially because you can see the wheels behind it as they're pushing it down the <laughs> hall.
1: That kind of – the fog gives way here and there. Well, to the... The, the effects in this movie are a little bit hit or miss, yeah. I would say. Though, I mean, I think the designs are really cool, but sure. the realization yeah. sometimes is a bit iffy. But uh, she like barely escapes it, and when she goes back to her room, uh, the Cenobites confront her. They appear, mm-hmm. and they're like – We will take you to hell. Or she's like, go to hell. And she's like, not unless you take us. We'd love to. We love hell. It's our favorite place. We need to ride.
0: Um, Yeah, and she kind of strikes a deal with them.
1: He escaped you. Nobody escapes us. He did. I've seen him. I've seen him. He's alive. Supposing he had escaped us. What has that to do with you?
0: I prefer you. I want to hear him confess himself. Then maybe maybe. They're yeah. like, "Okay, this is a good deal." <laughs> and they let her go, and she runs back to the house, and that's when she discovers that her her
1: dad is not quite her dad. No, that's right. By the time that she gets there, Frank has taken Larry's skin?
0: Yeah, Hannibal Lecter. He just wears his face on his face. And, like,
1: I mean, the logistics of this I <laughs> am curious about. Because, you know, I mean, granted he didn't have any epidermis at the time. <laughs> right. Or even the one below that, maybe. But mm-hmm. he still had, like, a lot of muscle and skeletal. Anyway, the thing is, it seems like the skin would not fit so snugly. Yeah. Like, there would be, like, some weird... It would look like men in black. It would look like... The dude from Men in Black, right?
0: Yeah. And that's great. Uh what Men in Black did, that feels fun and realistic, and this feels not realistic. And no. I <laughs> he's love... just
1: like he looks normal, but he has like some there's like some blood around his hairline. <laughs> as if like that's where Frank decided to like, you know, do the cuttings. Like, oh, yeah. I'll just peel him off there. But step into that.
0: But, <laughs> but also Kirsty sees her dad and his face is all bloody. And yeah. His hair is all over the place. And she's like, Are you okay, Dad? And he goes, Yeah. And she's like, Good. Okay. Like, no, take him to the fucking... I guess she wouldn't want to go back to the hospital, but... Uh, <laughs> She's had some know, experiences. Get somewhere. Help your dad. He's hey. definitely not okay. That's a head wound, at the very least. Anyway, so he says, come to daddy, and that's when she realizes that it's not her daddy.
1: Yeah, because no good dad would say that. <laughs> oh, God. No, and... Uh, yeah, but and Frank, you know, this demon creature thing he uses his greatest weapon a switchblade <laughs> and tries to stab Kirsty. yeah But he oh, she does his. that like
0: crazy move where she just moves out of the way
1: yeah yeah and uh, he gets uh julia instead yeah and she and then he sucks the life out of her nothing personal
0: <laughs> right and then Kirsty goes up to the top room because why not go further into the house, I mm-hmm. guess, mm-hmm. into this demon place. And then the Cenobites kind of confront Frank and she gets to leave the room even though Frank wants to kill her. Yeah. And she's allowed to go free. That last line of Frank covered in fish hooks, like trying to grab yeah, her. Yeah, all
1: the fish hooks come back out yeah. and they're like in his flash.
0: Jesus wept. And then that's, that's it,
1: oh, he explodes.
0: Man. Yeah. And then Kirsty takes on all the Cenobites. It's not even over yet. Oh, yeah. That's right. She takes on all the Cenobites. So apparently... Well, they chase
1: her and she, like, she's running away. And then whenever they're about to get her, she, like, Rubik's Cubes. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, then she... the Rubik's Cube zaps them and they're like, oh,
0: set back to hell. Well, it's so funny because the, the thing, like, comes apart, like, it ha- is a contraption inside and it comes apart and then she has to figure out how to get it back together. And, like, that's what will stop the demon. But it's not, like... It's her in her character that she's good at puzzles or that, you know, she's solving anything by solving these. She sees how they come undone and then she can just put them back. It's like they should
1: have had a scene earlier where the boyfriend is bad at Rubik's Cube. And that's why she swats his hand out of the way. Yeah, I'm trying to help. (laughs)
0: <laughs> There's, like, a, a, I think, like, a half-hour scene where the Rubik's Cube is on the floor and the shrimp is trying to get to it. And they keep on slapping each other's hands out of the way to get to the—oh, God. And then uh, they finally get out of the house and it's a new day and they go uh, in the rubble of the house. They put the Rubik's Cube on a fire.
1: Yeah, they burn it so it will never torture anyone again. But then the creepy homeless person who is eating the crickets, Yeah, he comes and he— reaches into the fire and grabs the lament configuration. And he catches on fire himself. And then, he turns into a skeleton dragon (laughs) and
0: flies away. And if it's a skeleton dragon,
1: then it's gotta be that Chinese man from the beginning (laughs) in Morocco. And it is. (laughs) They bring it back and, you know, it's all set up again. And Indiana
0: Jones is sitting right there (laughs) trying to get it to Bring it to a museum. (laughs) Oh, honestly, I
1: think it belongs in a museum. (laughs) This movie belongs in a museum.
0: This movie belongs in the slush pile of scripts is what it belongs in. But we will get into what we think about it more after this break.
1: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. Blaine, I'm thinking about getting a plant. Oh yeah, just like any old plant. Well, I'm thinking about getting a big plant.
0: <laughs> from uh, from what location? Of... It's
1: this little shop I know, a little shop of horrors.
0: Bop shoe up! <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna do a little shop of horrors. Next week, you should check it out. It's going to be great. We're going to talk about the musical itself. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about uh, some Rick Moranis, which I always love talking love about Rick talk Moranis. Love about that guy. Yeah, he's great. We should, mm-hmm. uh, we should try to get some of his music mm-hmm. on the podcast.
1: And it's going to be an entirely musical episode. <laughs> <laughs> Sung all by Rob. Uh, let's just talk this one.
0: <laughs> Welcome back to Rewatchability. We're talking about Hellraiser. And Rob, I have some trivia questions for you. Okay. In the Hellraiser franchise, how many films, direct-to-video or otherwise, mainly (laughs) direct-to-video,
1: are there? Oh, Spooky question. Spooky question. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to say Ballpark 8.
0: You're off by one. It's nine. There's nine films. Damn it. And there's going to be ten. Or they've been trying to make ten. What? They're going to... Remake this? They tried to remake this forever... They tried to—Dimension Films had it for the longest time. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah, uh, that guy uh, was responsible for trying to reboot it several times with several different writers. Mm -hmm. Um, But all the writers said that they want to respect Clive Barker, which is mainly just saying, like, it sucked. I don't want to do it. Um, (laughs) So they didn't want to do it. And then, luckily, that guy's not in the picture anymore, and Spyglass Entertainment. Has it. Okay. And so they've just contracted David S. Goyer. Okay. Who, which you, every fanboy likes. So <laughs> I can't do wrong with him. And uh, they're going to try to for like a gritty reboot. Which, a
1: gritty reboot.
0: Yep. Okay. Yeah, we'll see what that entails. They're going to have the butt stuff.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Anal, the movie. <laughs> God. Without lube.
0: <laughs> the movie's only an hour to fit it into your tight schedule. It's like, no, what are you... What is the tagline on this movie? <laughs> Jesus. So there are, there are two short films. There's a video game. There was also going to be a Nintendo game back I, in I day. did
1: read about that, that it was supposed... They were making a Super Nintendo game, which was sort of using the Wolfenstein engine, and then the game makers were like, wait a minute, we're a Christian entertainment company. And even though this does have a lot about the concept of hell, which we're totally cool with, and we totally, these people, yes, this could be We want people to be afraid. Yeah, we want people to be afraid. But then they were like, ah, and they changed this to like 3D Noah's Ark or something.
0: (laughs) Well, there was also going to be, I think, Think a Nintendo game at the time, or maybe this is a Super Nintendo game too. But the, they wanted advanced graphics. They wanted to like sell beyond being a Hellraiser game. Mm-hmm. So they were going to put a graphics chip in the in the cartridge itself. So when you put it into the machine, you'd have more graphics. Oh wow! Which is kind of a cool idea.
1: Yeah, I feel like they did that with like Star Fox and Killer Instinct and stuff uh, like nice. that. Yeah, yeah. And there was a Hellraiser serial too, right? There. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's so stupid, and I love it so much. (laughs) I thought it was going to be razor blades. I thought it was just going to be a bowl full of razor blades. Pinhead Chatterer. (laughs) Lady (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, Chatterer.
0: (laughs) So uh, there was also going to be a Hellraiser versus Halloween movie. Because of the Freddy versus Jason popularity.
1: How they want to trade right. on
0: that, and so this is what Weinstein was pushing most of all.
1: Oh man, that like the Freddy versus Jason, Aliens versus Predator, RoboCop versus Terminator era was yeah. so fertile it was. for like giving us like all of these you know
0: mashups that we wanted. Yeah, well, and then like the comics too, like uh, Batman versus Alien, stuff. Batman versus the Mask. Was that a one? Oh baby,
1: yeah. The mask I mean, versus aliens. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's been
0: everything. It's just like fan fiction before fan fiction. Oh. The mask
1: versus Hellraiser. Oh, that'd be good. That would be so Hellraiser tries to put
0: like all these fish hooks in the mask's face and <laughs> so tries to pull it away. He's like, nope, this is all right by me. <laughs> because it's Jim Carrey and he has the most elastic face. Okay, so question two. Okay. Where is the world of this movie set? What do you it's set in the world, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, set in in, in the world. But where in the world is it set? The world. <laughs> America? I don't know. See, you don't know. Because <laughs> it's a trick questioner up <laughs> Because it is set in London, in in the UK. But uh, nobody's British. <laughs> but nobody's British because they redubbed all their voices.
1: What? All the voices are redubbed. Wait, so there's a British version of Hellraiser where they're like, Oh, blimey. <laughs> I've got my skin off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a tad uncomfortable. Um,
0: yeah, I. There is this won't do, <laughs> and I'm sure it's a much better movie. Clive Barker himself is from the UK and British, and so he obviously was going to make a British movie, and it was kind of a uh, like a. Uh, he said it was very much a British movie, like in in a lot of different ways. Yeah like you know she didn't have to pay her hospital bill when she left uh, so <laughs> the real horror <laughs> yeah, exactly so why was it set in the United States but yeah it was weird and and there there was there's like a whole bunch of kind of small little Things that you'd notice like out they the drive do- on the wrong side of the road, they yeah. call elevators lifts <laughs> across the street, you see like the old English squat row houses, oh. so you can kind of tell that it's set in London, but the studio was like we don't want to set there. We're going to release it in the U.S., and we want a big market there, so we don't want a British film because no one's going to watch a British film. No.
1: They'll think it's too artsy. <laughs>
0: All those people They'll are smarter than Oscar. me. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, yeah, so that's why this movie – there's horrible ADR in this movie. The overdubbing is horrible. Uh-huh. And it doesn't really match the the levels, like the mouth so much because it is in a different accent.
1: I honestly couldn't tell, but – I thought it was just that the acting was really bad. So, Clive Barker
0: said (laughs) that he didn't want to just murder the 12 prettiest teens in L.A., uh, which is a (laughs) quote from him. He wanted real actors. He wanted to get professional actors that could act and then murder them. So, he got real professional actors and then directed them to look like they were acting horribly, I think, is what happened. Because the acting is not great in this movie.
1: Who are these great actors? Where are they? Well, I mean, Andrew Robinson. Okay, Larry.
0: Well, he uh, has a Cardassian vibe going.
1: Oh no! Is it Gul Dukat? <laughs> it is
0: not oh, okay. Gul Dukat. He played uh, Gaelic in D. Space Nine, who was Cisco's friend. Oh, yeah. So he was the tailor um, on okay. DS Nine. Yeah. Okay. So and he's British. He had his accent there and all that stuff. So. There's a lot of makeup. Okay. There's a lot of makeup. Good for him. So, who else? and, who and else? He's, he was in X Files. He's been like okay. a whole bunch of different things okay. as cops and stuff. He was in um, Dirty Harry.
1: Ooh, you know, he's
0: been a lot of stuff. The uh, woman who played his wife on she was in Midsummer Murders, which is a British show uh-huh. uh, on Netflix. She was in East <laughs> Um That's I don't have accents, so she's done really well for herself. Okay, and, and Frank. He, He's been in things here and there, but not a lot. Yeah. I would say he feels like the weakest link of the movie.
1: I'd read that he was like an old school chum of Clive Barker.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think there were a lot of old school chums that way. Like he had an actor that he'd worked with before on a short that he put into the role as Pinhead and – that actor said that uh, he was so mistreated at the cast party that he kept on going up to people and being like, hey. They'd be like, okay, I don't know who you are. <laughs> and, uh,
1: and But it was
0: because of the makeup. No um, one recognized him without the makeup on. And
1: that guy was like the pinhead for almost all the pinheads, right? Yeah. The same dude? Yeah,
0: he's been in a lot. He made um, like a thing of it. Yeah, for sure. You want to guess how many of the Hellraiser movies Ashley Lawrence has
1: been in? I'm good, thanks.
0: Okay, cool. It's been it's four, <laughs> uh, uh, the first three Hellraiser movies, and then she came back for Hellseeker. Oh, so uh, how many
1: hells can they come up with? There's like Hellraiser two, Hellbound. How, aren't there like seven circles of hell?
0: Am I wrong on that?
1: Yeah. Okay. No, no, there is that in John Milton. Yeah. Or, uh, yeah. Yeah. Or, um, seven circles.
0: Yeah. yeah. Wait, aren't aren't like sodomites on one level of hell? So
1: like Frank. That's where he is. Isn't that... I don't know. It's all bullshit, man. I don't believe in any of that stuff. <laughs> no, of course not. Also, sodomites, what does that blame? I know. You mean gay people? I no I don't. They do. I know. Milton. Milton Well, I'm not gonna blame Milton, but <laughs> um, <laughs> you'll burn down my office.
0: Okay. So the third question for you is what is one connection in this movie to Stanley Kubrick's A Clockwork Orange? There's a big homage to it in this movie.
1: Oh, is it like the TV screens when the Cenobites are coming back? Because, yeah, and they're like doing like weird video art. (laughs) Like clever, clever (laughs) Cenobites. Love that video art. This was my thesis.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I want a tangerine dream to put a song under this. Uh, that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. The
1: music was supposed to be done by in the, for this movie it was supposed to be done by Coil, who is a different electronic music group. Yeah, but then uh, they yeah.
0: didn't do it. No, no. The studio wanted uh, wanted someone different to do it. I knew a thing. Yeah, yeah. You, you, done, you did the research. The actual, uh, you know, um, connection is that the house is on Fifty Five Ludovico Place, which is the same address as the place that they deprogrammed. The guy at Clockwork oh, Orange. okay. Yeah. I don't know why it's connected to that movie. I don't see any other homages to that movie or that movie influenced this movie at all. I think people put too much stock into references and homage. I mean... I just feel like if you're going to make a reference, make it count. Like, you know, put it in
1: there so that someone can write, like, a school essay on it or something. Yeah. You know? well, there might be parallels in the themes of... Clockwork Orange and this. Right. There's something about yeah, violence and violence sex. Violence and, and, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, all right. All right, some behind-the-scenes
0: stuff. One million dollar budget, which it shows. Wow. <laughs> it's
1: not bad for a million bucks, I guess.
0: No, I mean, they did a lot. It was pretty gross for a million. And there's so many scenes that weren't allowed into the movie in the American version. Um, they had to take a lot of the spanking scenes out. Spanking scenes? Uh, yeah. Uh, they were like, you can't spank her three times. Uh, you can only spank twice. Which, there's all stuff like that. Like, I remember working on something and they were like, you can't have more than two fucks in it. Like, two like swear words in it.
1: Oh, and- I thought you just meant two people who are stupid fucks. <laughs> yeah, because the censorship is already full of them. They're like, <laughs> you can't have more fucks in here. <laughs>
0: um, and then they were like... We had something because we were allowed to use shit as many times as we want, and they're like, "But not twice on one page." So, like, I had written something that was like shitty shit. shit. No, someone was like shit, and then we were like, "Yeah, shit." And They were like, "You can't do that. It's too much shit on one you page." You can't go like
1: shit, shit. No, damn. No <laughs> anyway, censorship. They're
0: crazy. And so they had like five minutes' exercise from this movie. The Canadian censorship board wouldn't even let the rat scene in. That was their their big thing. They didn't they they took a lot of the violence out, and they they said it was censored in Canada for one year. Well, yeah, wasn't it like banned in Ontario? Banned in Ontario <laughs> for a year, and then they finally let it in. But they like the cruelty to the animals had to go, and um, all the sex stuff was allowed, but some of the violent stuff had to go. Uh which is the total, yeah that 's Canada, have as much sex as you want but don't <laughs> don 't hurt, hurt each other yeah it
1: 's a good philosophy, yeah, I think so, <laughs>
0: proud of our our censorship that way, I guess, and we were talking about this before, but Ebert hated this movie, I find that hard to believe he loves violence. He gave it 0.5 stars out of four. Whoa. It's the lowest rating you can give.
1: He literally tore that star into pieces, <laughs> In, uh, put hooks on each yeah, arm. Yeah, it bled <laughs> while he was doing it. Uh, he just wept. <laughs> <laughs>
0: he said, this is one of those movies you sit through with mounting dread as the fear grows inside of you. That it's feature length, which I thought was pretty good as a first. Come line. on, you are—you always know when a movie's feature length. <laughs> uh And then he said, "This movie is without wit, style, or reason. The true horror is that actors were made to portray this bankruptcy of imagination." Wow. I, I love how much he hates it because I'm with him. I'm with him
1: so much, Rob. I hate this movie. I mean, I'm. I would not say that I'm a fan of this movie. I right. thought it was like interesting. I think that there are there's interesting concepts sort of floating around the back of it, but it's for me like it takes itself way too seriously. Yeah. And it sort of doesn't have any fun. <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't seem to enjoy sexy torture. <laughs> well, and yeah, well
0: and this is what Clive Barker said. He said there are a lot of like movies coming out now that are comedies, like comedy horrors. And I'm I am do not want to do that. I want to do horror horror. Like right. I I do want to take myself too seriously. I do want to do this. And I think I that guess that's fair. Uh, he was kind of bucking the trend at the time, like the Evil Dead's and the um you know uh, Friday the 13th that had a bit of humor in them. Mm-hmm. And I think that hurt him. I think that hurt this this movie a little bit that he wasn't in amongst the. I think that's what sets this movie apart in a bad way almost. That it was taken. I, th- I think you're totally right. Take itself way too seriously.
1: Yeah, but I, you know, I can sort of see its merit in, yeah. you know, just being like a a grisly horror movie in, you know, having like these high minded concepts, which I think are, you know, they're they're a lot to like think about, even if like the movie itself, I don't think like really, it doesn't really. I I think pro, it doesn't deliver what it promises. No, you know. It doesn't no. make it, do, it doesn't make like the torture or like the pain intriguing. No. Well that's what they keep on saying. They're like, I will show you such things
0: and I will like you know make you like unbearable pleasure, you know, and and excruciating pain. And it's like we never just put it in. <laughs> <laughs> just, <laughs> just like well you paid for dinner. So just put <laughs> come on.
1: Um But I mean, like, you know, like, yeah, this Frank guy is supposed to have been, like, seeking out, like, the ultimate in pleasure, and that is also pain, and shouldn't he want to enjoy it, or, like, shouldn't there be some sort of, like, yes, this is... Fun or evil or good? Like, why don't the Cenobites ever smile? <laughs> well, that one is I guess he smile. Like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. His, his lips the are pulled janitor. way back. Yeah, but
0: I, I. It comes. This movie comes from Clive Barker's days as like a hustler in the um, in a the, hustler. That's what he called himself in the uh, in the S and M scene. Jennifer Lopez. Yeah. <laughs> in, uh, oh,
1: oh, yeah. he was a hustler. Yeah, like Midnight Cowboy hustler. I think so. And okay, in the kind
0: of. Um, um so he knew a lot of people and he'd been to a lot of SNM clubs a lot of powerful people so i think that's how he got this movie made and his his books published right and such um to start with i think is is what i can extrapolate from what he said and so um and he made this movie cuz two movies before had been fucked up he said they were just like horrible movies and he wanted to make
1: a good one what were the two movies that were made before this oh they're um their names are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know that he did Candyman.
0: He did Candyman. And that is getting its own remake. Mm-hmm. It was... Yeah,
1: with uh, Jordan Peele?
0: Yeah, I think so. So, yeah. We that might should be, be something. We, we might be rewatching <laughs> Candyman very soon. <laughs> so, one was called Rawhead Rex. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And one was called Underworld. Okay, uh, and they were both—they're both like four out of ten stars on IMDb. People Raw say Rawhead Rex. People say they're the worst things they have ever seen. Wow. Uh, so I'm never going to watch them if they're worse than Hellraiser. <laughs> I think Hellraiser to me seems like a definitely a first-time director. Clive Barker said that when he got the gig to direct, he went to the library and there was one book on directing, and it was out. And then he never looked up anything else on directing. <laughs> so when he went to set, he didn't know the difference between the lenses. Right. You uh, didn't know anything. He said, "If you, you know, if you showed me like a, a canopy and said that was a lens, I would have believed you." He had no idea. But he surrounded himself with good people that could help him yeah. uh, direct, which was nice, and they were all on board to do that. But I think ultimately he didn't learn enough and he didn't practice enough to know how scenes would. Edit together.
1: Yeah, there's a weird sort of disconnection in this movie where, like, in Wolf, there was a lot of things, which we talked about last week, where something's happening, you're not really sure what it is, and then it's sort of explained yeah. after. Right. In this, I felt like I was sort of having to make the connections myself. hmm And, you know, like, he didn't have, like, the technical ability to bring us from one piece of knowledge to another to connect things.
0: Yeah, and I gotta give them credit. Like, the Cenobites are cool. They look cool. They look awesome. The idea of the hell demons kind of torturing people with pleasure and pain, like, that pleasure can be painful and that's even worse than pain kind of thing. I get that. That's cool. The fact that this movie is a horror movie that has this whole world behind it is really cool to me. Mm -hmm. It just didn't just didn't come together. It kind of exploded like a man with a dozen hooks in him. Yeah. And I think that's why it was ultimately really hard to watch, and, and I, I'd never want to watch it again.
1: Yeah. I'm probably going to go with not rewatchable yeah. on this one. I don't know. I mean, I feel like I could maybe watch another Hellraiser, but I feel like I get the idea. Yeah.
0: Do you find as as you are growing, you know, as in age that you don't like the violent things as much? Cuz some of the stuff it was like, ah, oh, it's hard to stomach. Like I just don't want to see a man being taken apart every scene, you know?
1: Well, I'm yeah, I mean, honestly like I do find violence on screen uh, you know, hard to take. And, you know, I think there's a debate about whether it's healthy to put violence on screen right and i absolutely think that you can put anything on screen and you shouldn't have to uh (laughs) ontario censors come on man (laughs) but i you know it it makes me a little bit queasy like we watched john wick three a while ago right and he's just like killing people there's 300 people who are murdered in that movie and i just can't (laughs) get over the fact that people are dying like i just think about like oh they're families. <laughs>
0: right. Their kids are back at home being like, is daddy coming home? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I just find it hard to see what's on the inside being on the outside and that be something that, like, we revel in and is – I I think there's fun ways to do it maybe on screen. I just don't think Hellraiser did.
1: Yeah. Well, I, you know, I certainly – honestly, I there, at the time that this movie came out, especially in Britain, there was a huge sort of – controversy over censorship mm-hmm. and violence in uh, media and, you know, pornography and all of that stuff. And I'm pretty much of the mind that this stuff exists for people who want to explore that. And it doesn't have to be for everyone. And it doesn't have to be for me. Yeah. And, you know, I can dip my toe in once in a while while I want to experience the world of horror. Right. But I'm not going to try to stop anybody else from experiencing something. And yeah. I don't think that somebody experiencing something like a movie is going to cause them to do anything violent or anything like that.
0: Yeah. And I love horror in the way that it can surprise me and even make me laugh because it kind of is the same as comedy sometimes. And I love horror in the fact that it can make me really feel for a character and what they're going through more than even a drama sometimes can. Uh, but this didn't do any of that. It no. It didn't feel like a horror movie. It felt like a, a creature feature uh-huh. that was trying to be a horror movie.
1: Yeah. I can sort of see that. Yeah. But it didn't cause you to ruminate on the intersection of pain and pleasure? <laughs> uh, I mean I did visit a lot of S&M clubs after this.
0: <laughs> yeah can you put this fish hook in me? (laughs) God. (laughs) Steve-O did that. He came to uh, Queens campus at one point when I was in high school and put a fish hook through his mouth. Dude, that guy... (laughs)
1: That, the Cenobites would have nothing for that guy. <laughs> know. They, like, have him on, like, the rotating beam, and he's, <laughs> like, you know.
0: Like, uh, okay, well, next, uh, that didn't work. Next, uh, let's make him snort wasabi. What? <laughs> Damn it.
1: I think, I think this guy's pained out, man. <laughs> <laughs> I think he burned away his nerves or something, man. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to see him do good. Uh, <laughs> you know, I just want to see him be healthy now. <laughs> <laughs> Put away that shopping cart. <laughs>
0: so I think we're going to say not rewatchable I'm sorry there are a lot of fans of this movie out there that we're angering right now and I understand that but we're just two
1: guys all the more power to you Yeah, if you enjoy being tortured sexually (laughs) or cinematically that's okay yeah go to it
0: yeah and I'm with you Rob no censorship let's stop censoring fucking things
1: Wow. can you bleep that out though? you know what I'm talking about though right? it's the whole fucking Joker thing
0: Oh, yeah, the incel thing with the the Joker. I haven't seen the Joker, so I don't know. I haven't but... seen
1: it. Yeah. But... I don't know if I can because I've had sex. <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, you know, I it's just a movie, guys. It's a movie.
0: Yeah, yeah. Did you hear what he said about comedy? I don't fucking care. People
1: can have bad opinions. <laughs> I know, but it's just a horrible opinion. Did you see how Martin Scorsese says he doesn't like comic book movies and everyone's losing their shit? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny, we do this opinionated podcast where we
0: ask people to listen to our opinions all the time and have a reaction to them, which is, you know, part of what makes mm-hmm. this podcast That's enjoyable. Fair. But then, you know, people having opinions on other people, it does it does get out of hand on a, like a massive like
1: level. Well, I don't think that opinions are news. <laughs> that's where that's where we've gotten confused. It's like if you interview somebody, like yeah. an old man, an old Italian man who directs amazing films, <laughs> and you're like, "So, what did you think about Avengers Age of Ultron?" He's like, "Eh." eh. <laughs> I just want to talk about gangsters.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. In English, uh, I just learned that the – you know, if you have a long list of things like color, size, shape, all yeah. that stuff. I just learned that – Opinion op- first. The, that the opinion is first. You're on Reddit, aren't you? I am all the time. <laughs> but I, I, I didn't read the, the things below. Someone might have already said this. But it just it just feels like that's our culture where like opinion is first and then all the facts are, are after it. And, well, Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like it's part of our language and part of our culture and maybe we should put opinions last – Or just wedge them in the middle somewhere where it doesn't really matter.
1: They're just opinions. They're like assholes. (laughs) They should be used for sexual pleasure.
0: Right. Uh, So you can check out Anal the Movie. (laughs) Uh, Done by Rewatchability. Uh, All right. Okay. Uh, Thank you so much for listening this week uh, to Rewatchability. I'm sorry, Mom. (laughs)
1: And And I'm sorry, Mom. (laughs) I'm sorry, Blaine's
0: mom. (laughs) If you wanna check out all our the old podcasts, you can go to rewatchability.com. You can buy t-shirts on TeePublic. Public. If you want to spread the word, that'd be really, really helpful. Um you know, maybe not the most analiest of podcasts first. You can skip this one and go to patreon.com slash rewatchability to donate. Thank you so much for listening. And we're gonna be back with another Halloween haunt of a movie next week.